Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Amazing how just a few words can change somebody's life. You ever had your life changed by a few words? Anybody in here? Turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to the book of Genesis, chapter number one. How many was here last week? Okay, most of you, that's good. Genesis chapter one, reading verse nine. The next few minutes, with God's help, we're going to talk about the garden that's in you. You know what a garden is? It's dirt. That's what it is. It's dirt. Until somebody does something with it, it's just dirt. Turn to the person next to you and say, You're dirt. You're dirt. You're dirt. Genesis 1.9 Then God said Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear and it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas and God saw that it was good. Then God said let the earth Bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. Genesis 2-7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Would you pray with me and for me this morning? Father, I I thank you for those that are here this morning and that have a hungry heart. And I thank you, God, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And and that your, your word breaks the yoke of bondage in people's lives. I declare, God, this truth to be even real here this morning in Streetsboro, Ohio. That your word will not return void. It will accomplish that which you have sent it to do. Holy Spirit, you're the real preacher, teacher in this place. We just ask you to take this word and and manifest it to each of us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We, this this message is kind of a continuation of of last week. And we, we talked about last week how that the Bible says that God created the earth and he then he parted the waters and he, he made the dirt and he, he made the seas. And, and then he did something. He, he spoke to the earth and he simply said, bring forth. And stuff started to grow. And, 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 and that word was so powerful and is so powerful that, that even now we go outside and the earth is still obeying that word that he gave way back then. 
whether that was 6,000 years or 6 million years ago, is irrelevant. The earth is obeying that word. God said to the earth, bring forth, and that's what it's doing. And, and it will continue to do that. My, my dad was, he was kind of a stern taskmaster, and he, he used to have a saying that you just do what you're told to do until you're told to do something differently. That's the Navy man in him coming out. And so the earth is doing that. It is responding to that voice of God many years ago when God said, bring forth and plants started to grow and fruit trees and, and grasses and vines. And they all began to grow and they responded to the word of God. And the reason they responded to that is because his word is spirit and it's life. What is sometimes missed in that verse is that, is that God never, we, we don't see where God puts the seed into the ground. Here's what you've got to know. When he created it, he created it with all of the abilities it needed to respond to his word. Until he spoke, it just sat there. But the moment he spoke... Life came forth. It was like spring in fast motion. You've, have you ever seen those videos where they, will, where they will focus on a flower and they'll leave the camera run for several weeks and the flower just comes up out of the ground and sprouts in a few moments? I believe that when God said, bring forth, I, it, just, it just grew. It just, it just happened. It just responded. It was waiting for the word of God to come forth and... And so that when the word came, then, then, then everything the ground needed was already in the ground. God didn't put a seed in and say, come forth. It, everything, when he made it, he made it right. Tell the person next to you, you've been made right. You know, irrelevant of the circumstances that came to play, that that brought about your existence today, the reality is you have been made right. God formed you. He knew you while you were yet in your mother's womb, the Bible says. You are none of us, whether we were planned or we weren't planned. We were created by God with everything we need. And so God creates the earth and he, he forms this earth and then he steps back and it's barren and it's lifeless. But he speaks and life begins to come out of that earth. And, and the, the, the object lesson can't be lost on us. Because just a few moments after this, God says, now watch. And in Genesis chapter 2, he scoops some of that earth that he's already demonstrated its properties and he forms it into a man and then breathes into it the breath of life. And at that moment, all of mankind received their first breath. He was demonstrating to you and I that when he created us, there was a plan and a purpose, but more than that, there was the ability... And, and the only thing missing between the barrenness 
of the earth and the fruitfulness of the earth was the word of God. Until that word of God came forth, then it it was just barren. It was just sitting there. But when the word of God came forth, it brought forth life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. If you know Jeremiah, you know that he's already told Jeremiah when God had these thoughts. God had these thoughts before Jeremiah was formed in his mother's womb. We're going to want to put on a little demonstration here and I... I've not picked anybody. Nobody knows this is going on. Kelly, I want you to think of something. Just you just think of anything. Just just imagine a thought in your head. Just doesn't matter what, okay? Just something. Okay, you got it? Now I'm gonna show you my amazing ability. You were thinking of a spoon, right? Okay, this let's move on. James, James, get something in your head, okay? Get something locked in your head, and you ready? You were thinking of salad. No. Aaron, help me out, okay? Help me out here. Aaron, you lock on to something, okay? You ready? You got it? You got it in your mind? You got that thought? Grasp it? Make it real in your head? A Mexican sombrero. That's a demonstration how most Christians live their life. I have no idea what Kelly's thinking. I I don't... James, I I don't think you've thought of a salad in 20 years. You and I are brothers in the flesh, man, okay? I understand. (laughs) I'm with you, man. Salads are prison. God says, I know the thoughts I had towards you. Kelly, what were you thinking? I was, I was close, wasn't I? Okay. We're doing this again. You were thinking, I love Jesus. Whoa. Whoa, ready, James? What were you thinking? Hold on a minute, it's coming to me. You were thinking of helping a couple of people. Everybody say, he's good. No, no, I'm seeing that, say it, he's good. I'm feeling real weak right now. Aaron, what were you thinking? A spoon. Were you really? Hold on, it's coming to me. You were thinking Mexican spoon. You were thinking about eating Mexican food with your spoon. You were thinking spoon. I know I'm being silly, but listen to me for a moment. Listen to me. This is a profound truth. I I really know that down in my heart, the Spirit of God wants us to get. 
here, here's, here's, here's our issue as Christians. It doesn't do us any good to know for God to have thoughts towards us if we don't know what they are. Okay. You have thoughts towards me, but my life is a mess right now. You, you have all these wonderful thoughts towards me, but life ain't working. People say, you're going through a tough time. They say, your thought, my thoughts and prayers are with you. Jesus said, listen, if, if you find somebody who's hungry, don't thoughts and prayers with them. Do something about it. Thoughts. God says, I, I've, I've thought thoughts towards you. You know what? Thoughts remain only that until they're spoken. Every painting in the world that was ever painted started out as only a thought. Every beautiful building that was ever built started out as only a thought. It was said when they, when they opened Disney, Disney World down in Orlando, Florida, you know, that was in the heart of, of, of Mr. Disney long before it got opened. And, and an incredible amount of effort went into purchasing the land and building the infrastructure and, and all of that. And, and he, he, he's the one that laid out the thoughts and, and plans. And he, he put them in blueprints and he, he designed it and he drew it. And, and, and people were empowered and in, and to, to carry out his vision. And, and before it ever got done, Walt Disney died. And on the day when they dedicated Walt Disney World in Orlando, when they're sitting on the platform and Walt Disney's son is there, and one of the main architects and and engineers of Disney World turned to his son and said, I bet your dad would have loved to have been here to see this. And the son turned to him and said, no, you don't understand. My dad saw this or we wouldn't be here. Thoughts that that remain thoughts are only that, thoughts. They really don't change anybody's life. James, you said you thought about helping somebody, but if that's all you do is think about it, you've helped nobody. I'm not picking on you, I'm just using that as an analogy. If you thought about loving Jesus, but you don't do anything about that, you don't... Jesus said, if you love me, you'll you'll do what I told you to do. If you just love him, if it's only a thought, if it's never more than a thought, then then that's all that it will ever be. The Mona Lisa started as a thought. This building started as a thought. And you started as a thought. I think it's Ephesians 1, 4. That's not on your list, Mike, if you can throw it up there at some point. Ephesians 1, 4, God said this. When I was create, basically, when I was creating everything, before I did that, I thought of you. 
so you and Brent, you and, and me and you and you and you, we, we started off as a thought. And can I tell you that God didn't think evil for any one of us? He didn't think disaster and heartache and bad times. He didn't think brokenness and inadequacy. He thought good things. And, and when he had that vision of thought and mastered in his head, he captured it. And he determined at that moment, you, Lorraine, would be alive. Out of the same dust of the earth and with the same breath that was given into Adam, that thought took life. And God didn't stand off afar. He, he said, as I formed you in your mother's womb, I had thoughts of you. I knew you intimately. I I know you. I have the thoughts I have for you. I, I designed you and shaped you. But they're just thoughts. It's just that barren ground sitting there. And there's no, there's no life. There's no growth. There's no, there's no fruit. There's, it's, just, it's just that thought and and too, too often, because there hasn't anybody that understood that we need to call what God's thoughts were out of that person. When God looked at the earth, he said, bring forth. And, and, and then that initiated the process. There are people that are living here today, there have been false voices and negative voices that have tried to put in you what God never put in you. You're stupid. You're inadequate. You'll never measure up. You're a failure. You can't do this. Who do you think you are? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And these are planted in you. And, and they, they then grow fruit. And you, you begin to believe that. And, and you begin to grow around that. And you begin to think that's what you are. I was born this way. I was made this way. God designed me this way. I'm inadequate. I'm shortcoming. I'm, I'm never going to achieve. I'm never going to be. I can't even follow God honestly. I'm, I'm a failure. I'm a, I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. And yet we forget that God created us. And what, what is absent is, is the value of every person. So Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like this. There is a field. He doesn't tell us how big it is. He doesn't describe the field. Because all a field is, is a bunch of dirt. There was a field, but this one individual had intimate knowledge that inside that field was a treasure. And so he bought the whole field so he can get the treasure. When God looks at you and I, he sees a field of dirt. But he also sees that in the midst of that field is a treasure. He knows it's there because he put it there. He put 
in you that heart that goes after him. He put in you that sensitive heart. He put in you that ability to sing or to share or to have compassion. He put those in you. And in some of you, those have been quenched and beaten down and you've been mocked and ridiculed because of the way you are. I mean, know what I'm talking about. And, and now the field has a treasure, but just like in the parable, the treasure is hidden. And nobody else sees it. And I believe that when God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, image meaning having similar physical characteristics, likeness having similar abilities, there's a reason for the timing of him saying this. What had he done? He had simply created and then he spoke. Listen to me for a moment. He did not speak out and make life. He released life. He did not speak out and create light. He said, let or release the light. Can I tell you that even darkness has light? And what God did is he spoke to the darkness and said, release light. And there was light. And let there be. And there was. And let there be. It's the same word let. That when he come upon the demonic, he said, loose him and, or upon Lazarus, loose him and let him go. God is in the business of releasing and he's looking for people who will get his heartbeat for another individual. He's looking for a people who will get his heartbeat for a city. He's looking for a people who will get his heartbeat for a nation and then have the faith of God to speak to that darkness the light that God planned when he created that. Amen. Because by speaking to it, you're calling it forth. You're bringing it out of that person what God put into that person. And I think that the reason we don't have a lot of people doing that is you you got to pay a price to get that. You've got to be willing to get in God's face. You've got to be willing to get in his face. But the problem is, no man has saw his face without dying. Because if you go after God, he's going to kill you. He's going to kill this part of you that, that he didn't put in you and he doesn't want in you anymore. And as you get closer to him, he's going to kill that part of you because that's not who you are. And you get closer to God, he's going to kill this in you. And Jesus called it pruning. You can call it what you want. But he will kill you as you go after him. But there's a reward for that. Because as you decrease, Jesus increases. As you get this lopped off of you, God replaces it with something that looks like Jesus and less like you. When you go after him and you go after his heart for somebody, there will come a time. You see, we want God to holler across the room at us. 
And the prophet hid in the cave and there was a storm and God wasn't in the storm and there was a wind and he wasn't in the wind and there was a fire. He wasn't in the fire and there was an earthquake. He wasn't in an earthquake, but there was a still small voice. You can't get a word from God at a distance. You got to get up to his face. You got to be willing to die. You got to be willing to die because when you do that and you get in his face, then he will whisper things to you. How many know what I'm talking about? He will give you the words of life for another individual. And then when you get in God's face and he says, I, 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 want, you, I want you to tell John this. And you look at John and you go, are you sure? Are we talking about the same guy? Because I'm not seeing that. I'm, I'm not seeing that. But God doesn't look on the outward. He doesn't look on the field. He didn't buy the field to get the treasure. He bought the treasure to get the field. That'll hit you. That's one of those truth grenades that'll go off one day. And he, he, he looks at John and he sees his heart. And the value and the gift and the man that he is. And then he tells you to begin to speak things into John's life. You're not adding to. See, here's where most ministries miss it. They, they, they want to make this and shape this person. They want to use them. They want to. You all get what I'm saying? They want to they be the creator here. We don't create anything. This isn't about what you want to say or what you think they want to hear. This is all about what is God's heart for John? And then when God tells you about John and and you begin to speak that into him, what you're doing is you're calling it forth. And it's a fight. Just stay seated, John. You, You are calling from John. And John said in his ways... I know none of you are. None of you are stubborn. All of you change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I understand that. But John's kind of stuck in his ways. You see, John's been told for a long time he was a nobody. John's been told for a long time he'll never accomplish anything. John's been told for a long time you either do it this way or it's the wrong way. But you just keep pulling out of him with the words of God that God has given you about John, and you just keep pulling that and pulling that. I'm talking real stuff here. We had a man on our... We, we had an individual in our leadership who, who weekly tell me, would you get rid of John, please? I'm telling you the truth. He has no value. I don't know what you see in him. I don't know what you see in the man. And that person has never been in God's face. He's never gotten God's voice close enough to his ear. Or he would have saw what God saw about John. And so you just keep, and you just keep, and you just keep speaking. Parents, keep speaking to your kids. Show them the way that they are to go. Because eventually, they're going to be what you have called out of them. What, the, what God has placed in them. You can be seated. And, and that's what we are to do. We are to be mouthpieces for God. 
And, and I'm not just talking about in, in the move of the Spirit during worship or at the end of an altar service when the Spirit of God is moving. I'm telling you, this thing travels. Take it to Walmart. Mike, I didn't give you this verse. First Corinthians fourteen twenty four and twenty five. Hold on to your religious socks for just a second. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus, the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. When, when you can get the heart of God for a people, when you can get the heart of God and the voice of God, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear that you can walk through Walmart and then all of a sudden God points somebody out to you. And you, you go over him. I think God made Walmart just for the church to practice on. Hey, you'll probably never see him again. You might miss it once in a while. It's okay. You're going to be gone in a minute anyhow. What's your name? Is, is your name Tom? No. Steve? No. Phil? No, John, no, it's Kevin, yes, wow, the Spirit of God must be on you, are you a psychic? You, 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 you get tuned in. Listen, I know there are some super duper Christians who always hear God perfectly right and always hear everything in distinct detail, but then there are others of us like Paul who said it just seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost to go to Asia. That's all he had. He didn't have a word from God, he had a... A gut feeling. You know, like, I should go? Um, I should eat chicken? You know, it's, it's like that. It's, it's a, it's, I'm not trivializing it. It's, listen, if, you're, if you wait to be perfect, you'll never be used of God. I would rather fail trying to obey God than succeed at not having any faith. And so you, you launch out, and you know what? You're going to miss it once in a while. Somebody says, the Bible says that, you know, if a prophet ever misses it. I didn't say you were a prophet. But Paul did say this in Corinthians. I would that you would all prophesy. Every one of you. Why? Because we are surrounded with a bunch of dirt bags. That God hid a treasure in them. And he yearns to change their life. He yearns to fix the wrongs. He yearns to call them into destiny, their destiny. He yearns for them to be the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And yet there they sit, bland and dead. And the only thing missing is the heart of God for them being spoken forth from a vessel willing to be used of God. sat in the driveway of that young lady I was dating at the time, 19 years old with ACDC, 
Highway to Hell playing on my 8-track. Some of you don't know what an 8-track is. Look it up later. Most beautiful piece of technology ever created. And as I sat there in that driveway waiting for her to come out of the house, her mom comes out the door. And here's this guy in a pickup truck with hair down past his shoulders playing that rotten music. And she steps into the window and I turned it down a little bit, but not off. And she says to me, hey, Mike, I've been praying for you. That's just what I wanted to hear. And, and here's what God showed me. And I'm thinking, now would be a turn, good time to turn that radio back up again. God showed me that he was going to call you into the ministry. And he was going to move you. And when he, said, when he says me, this, this is one here. She wasn't there in the truck that day, but the prophecy was as much about her as it was about me. And, 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 and she said... And and God's going to put you in several churches. And everywhere you go, you're going to see growth. But more than that, you're going to learn some things. She says, and then I see in the later days of your life, God moving you to a place. And he's going to do something extraordinary there that they literally will hear about it all around the world. And take the message of that. And it's going to transform. And she said, I see thousands of people sitting. And and as you're sharing the heart of God with them, it's just changing lives. And I thought, this lady is nuts. She's absolutely crazy. But I want to tell you that prophecy hung around. It followed me. I had to get rid of that girlfriend. Maybe the prophecy would go away too. And it followed me in to my next relationship, my wonderful wife. And it got on her. And God is just fulfilling that. That prophecy did not put anything into me. I rejected it in that moment. What it did was it called out of me. Are you getting this? It called out of me what God had put in me. It called out of her what God had put into her. And that prophecy propelled us forward. And we believe we are in that place right now. We believe this is that place. We don't have that many years left. It better be that place. And prophecy, it propels you. It's life-giving. It's, it's, it's deceit-opening. It, it shows you lies. A little over two years ago, I ran into a relatively severe health problem. I just started not feeling well. The leadership knows what I'm talking about. They prayed for me at the time. Ran into a health problem, and I, I wasn't feeling good, and I didn't have energy. I know I had a, a tightness right here that was just getting harder and harder in my... And I didn't go to the doctor. I prayed. I just... That's another story, but just continued to pray. And then pretty soon, I'm, I'm losing a lot of blood every day. 
frightening amounts of blood. I went to Dr. Google. Googled in the signs and when, the, when it came up, it was like, I have all four of those going on. It's not good. And I, I, I had a fellow minister that I know who was struggling with that very thing. And I, I called him up on the phone. I said, man, I need prayer. Here's what's going on. And, and I tell him, and he said, oh, my gosh, Mike, that's, that's exactly what happened to me. But you probably have let it go too far. You, you, and he said with his own word, you need to get down to Cleveland Clinic as fast as you can. You shouldn't have let it get this far. I got off the phone and I'm wrestling with, with some own personal issues about God and my healer. And, and I took several days off and I'm, I'm going down to Towner's Woods and I'm, I'm walking the trails and I'm talking to God about this. I'd have to walk for just a little while and sit down because I was tired. I'd get up and walk and And after a couple of days of that, in the midst of my walking, God stops me and he said, have have I not spoken prophecy into your life? Yeah. Can you do that? No. He said, has that come to pass yet? Can you do that dead? No. In the conversation. I'm like, you're right. I can't do any of that stuff dead. And it hasn't come to pass. And it was you that spoke it to me. I'm telling you, within an hour, every single symptom was gone. (laughs) Prophecy, the heart of God for people. That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, G-O-D-E-N-C.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.